this is Melody. Hey, and I'm Shannon. And you are listening to the NPOMG podcast. OMG. <laughs> OMG. Yes. Shannon, Hi. how was your week? I always ask because I, I really do want to know. You really want to know? Yeah. It was it was over on Friday. So <laughs> <laughs> that's right. as much as we could do. Um, it was a it was a um a busy week. Yeah. Very, very, very busy. I did not recognize how tired I was until mm. I finally went home on Friday and was like, wait, I'm actually sitting for a little right. bit. So it was a, a very busy week. Um Ironically, it was a very impactful week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, was able to, to put a pin in a lot of things. Yeah. So I'm proud of my week, and I'm glad that this next week coming up um, will definitely be slower. How about you? What was your week? It wasn't bad. I thought that I was going to have Sunday, Saturday to just relax, mm-hmm. and then my family says, oh, we're totally having a family game night. <laughs> oh, man. So I have to put a rolling. Okay, okay. Um, Yeah, so what it actually was hilarious Good. and fun and, um, yeah, so I was actually really excited that I went. Good, good. Would you do. like to tell folks about our guest? Yes, yes. So I am delighted slash honored to yeah. introduce to you guys, our friends, a gentleman who I've had the pleasure of knowing for a couple of years now. He has made quite a mark in the philanthropic community here in Charlotte, a charitable community. Um, we have with us today Mr. Curtis Walls, who is the founder and executive director of Time foundation which means taking initiative moving efficiently welcome yes. curtis thank you for having me thank you, thank you. <laughs> kurt kurt so no tell us a little bit about the time foundation time foundation where we just hit our 10-year mark oh wow, wow. congratulations yeah. congrats by accident oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> by accident you know um so time taking initiative moving efficiently it came from actually my SGA uh, campaign when I ran for SGA president at North Carolina Agriculture and Technical State. Aggie University. Pride. Let's go Aggie ahead Pride. and note that in the show notes as we go forward. Aggie Pride, <laughs> you know. And um, it kind of stuck even after the elections. And my campaign manager, who was also my fraternity brother, who is also the co-founder of Time, he had an organization called MOVE, Men of Valor Excellence. Mm. And um, we both were, were graduating, and we were trying to figure out how do we stay engaged in the community beyond college. It was easy mm. for us to engage the community and our campus yeah. uh, right. when you're in college because you were, we was fraternity brothers, so, you know, through just our organization as well as just who we were. Well, he moved to D.C., I ended up graduating, moving to Aspen, Colorado, where mm. I was working for a firm, and we was miles away trying to figure out how were we going to do it. I, I knew that I wanted to do something, so it was a matter of me finding somebody that I felt like would be down a ride, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's where we started the journey, and 10 years later, we're here uh, trying to figure out how to continue. Awesome. So. Now tell us a little bit about time as, as far as the mission and what do you guys do? Awesome, awesome. So... Um, I guess we'll kind of go more in depth, but the mission has definitely shifted mm-hmm. a lot of times <laughs> you know, since, since since the beginning. Let me say this. Our niche is creating summits and opportunities to empower our 
our communities, awesome. right? Okay. So Great. whether over the years it's been for a community that's just in need of empowerment through our five states of readiness, which we consider to be mental, physical, emotional, financial, and spiritual, mm. um, or if it's for our youth in grades 7 through 12 where we do our annual summit, one of the largest summits for sure on the East Coast for boys in grades 7 through 12 mm. where All we right. have over 300 boys. Uh, we actually started off doing girls uh, seven years ago. Um, girls in grades 7 through 12th where the mayor wrote a proclamation for it mm. um, and uh, you know and then even single mothers we had an opportunity to do a single mother uh, um, uh, uh, single mo- a single mother empowerment mm. symposium nice. at uh, the Westin four years ago nice. um, and uh, all of that kind of just came from this place of answering the Macedonian call right mm. when it comes down to it taking initiative moving efficiently it symbolizes and it and, and and the underlying message is we aren't waiting for somebody else to fix it. Okay. If we see an issue and we feel strong enough about it, mm-hmm. why not us? Right. You know? Right. And uh we had the ability to not only logistically put it together, but we had the trust of the people that whenever we put something out there, the support would always be there. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay, so tell us, um, today's show actually is a little bit about scaling your nonprofit, right? Okay. So you guys have been doing this movement, and I call it a movement because I've seen the um, the summit, and you're impacting so many people. So if I'm wrong, <laughs> just let me know. But um, so with regards to um, where you've been, where your journey from the first year to the 10th year. Our show today is about scaling these nonprofits, mm-hmm. right? So you as a founder have been in process of this, no doubt, for the last 10 years. Right. So um, did you know from the very beginning that you were going to scale your nonprofit? I knew from the very beginning that non- nonprofits sounded right. Mm. Hmm. That's the only thing that I really knew. Okay. Right? So with being miles away from... My business partner, Ali, him in D.C. working for the government, me in Aspen working for an architectural firm, fresh out of college, just wanting to do good, right? Mm -hmm. You know, not looking for any money, not looking for anything in in return. It was just how can we give back? Uh, All we knew was let's just make it a nonprofit. It makes sense, right? right? You know? And then once we started digging deep into it, then the question did come, well, if we make it a nonprofit, then we don't really own it anymore. So do we want to make it a nonprofit or profit? And the concept of, like, is this ours, even mm. beyond? So picture being 23, trying to understand what that means or what that looks like. Right, right. yeah. Right? You're not questioning the intent. It's just understanding, like, yo, we're about to put in a lot of work in something that we know is going to be impactful. How can you do that? Well, what are we doing? Mm -hmm. What does that look like? Mm -hmm. How do you do that, right? So it's just a million questions to where I don't think a lot of people even understand the term scaling, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. especially in the nonprofit world Mm -hmm. until you actually get into it. Unless you work for a nonprofit, Mm -hmm. I don't think you even have the slightest idea of what scaling a nonprofit even looks like. When did you realize what you were doing over time as you – um, transition through doing programs for young ladies, um, single moms, and, and ultimately these boys. When did you realize you were actually scaling your nonprofit? I, <laughs> I, I realized it once we were 
to capacity in our events and we didn't have the money to grow ah, any any bigger. Ah, okay. Okay, right? okay. Okay. So like one of the biggest things that I'm just a real stickler for is I don't want to put time and effort into creating something for 40 to 50 people. Mm-hmm. I want to create something where it's like, wow, and you impact and you hit the masses. Mm-hmm. So that was the concept of time, mm-hmm. right? There was also a lot of social stuff going on between the years of 2007 when I ran for SGA president and I picked the campaign to even now in which me and my business partner, I think we always felt like we were going to be a version of the modern day NAACP, mm-hmm. right? Wow. So like we was going to stay relevant through doing these summits and all these other things, but we was gonna be able to answer the Macedonian calls when certain social stuff that you can't predict needed a response, Mm. right? So uh, in college, I put together a lot of like uh, walks and and we put together rallies. Uh, I'm a public speaker as well. So like, you know, at the end of the rally, we'll meet at a point and then I speak to hundreds of people like on our Mm. campus or something like that. and then that kind of also went on to post-college, too, as well, you know, i.e. Um, when uh, there was the this situation where uh, a young man uh, killed his wife, uh, we created a rally with some other community leaders at Little Rock AME Zion Church. Mm-hmm. We literally put it together in a week we had over 200 people plus all the new the news stations out there uh, filming it. And, like, uh, you know, just being able to do that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, mm-hmm. was kind of really where it all started. So I don't know if I answered your question. I feel like I kind of went on a tangent. Yeah. You did, though. Yeah, you yeah. did, for sure. So what are some challenges have you faced when you are scaling your nonprofit? Um, understanding what like what that looks like. You know, like what is what does scaling a nonprofit like look like? Well, now I know, right? Yeah. It looks like a board, mm. a, ah. a, a, a support system. Yeah. Uh, what are your avenues and getting in funding? Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Shannon has been able to help me out with with our conversations there and understanding what what that looks like. That's mm-hmm. a learning process. Mm-hmm. Um, people, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, volunteers. Our biggest strength was the ability to create an experience where the retention after the event was really high. Mm, Like we didn't have to keep reinventing the people who was going to support us because we did a great job of not wasting people's time. Right. So like a um, a lot of times when it comes to volunteering, you know, it's a very selfish, selfless act. Mm. Right. You know, um, you enjoy the feeling of giving back because of how it makes you feel, mm-hmm. right? Even though you're helping someone, mm-hmm. but when you go like go home and sleep, you mm-hmm. like the way you felt, mm-hmm. right? Selfish, right? Mm-hmm. So um, you have to keep that in mind in, in the reality of the 21st century, like century, like century too, where so many things are pulling people's attention, mm-hmm. right? How do we keep that attention with our organization versus it being a one-off? There's a lot of volunteer things. Just just think of things that, that you volunteered for, you enjoyed it, but you didn't go back. 
right mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. you know so half the battle is on is understanding how to keep the demographic that you definitely need to sustain which our biggest asset is our volunteers mm-hmm. period you know uh how do you keep them coming back and then our next big uh, biggest a- asset is the youth mm-hmm. you know but that's a turnover thing mm-hmm. you know what i mean because the youth can't control coming back all like all the time they move they graduate you know just life happens you know mm-hmm. do they have the transportation all the time mm-hmm. so many other elements into what we do when when we engage them so uh understanding that so well uh, we got the board we got volunteers we got the people that we're serving or the communities that we're serving there's so much to consider and scale and i tell people all the time with me having for-profit businesses Mm -hmm. that are successful Mm -hmm. and that have, you know, um, given me returns in the same amount of time from a financial level, right? Mm -hmm. The hardest thing I ever had to do was learn how to run a nonprofit. Mm. Really? Yeah. Mm. Oh, my God. Tell us a little bit more about that. I know that in the process of, or since you started the Time Foundation 10 years ago, um, you also embark on these other ventures. And I know as a board member of the Time Foundation that you are able to uniquely take those other for-profit ventures and feed them back into the Time Foundation. Tell us a little bit about how that works for you and um, a little bit more about your other ventures that help to support Time. Right. So I guess I would like to start here, right? Concepts go your specifics that's one of my favorite quotes that I always try to coin whenever we have these type of conversations Mm -hmm. right and the concept can also be known as almost like your why Mm -hmm. okay right Mm -hmm. so whenever you understand conceptually who who you are and what you're trying to do in an overall life full circle kind of perspective right Mm -hmm. then you can apply that specifically to any and everything that you may counter right that you may encounter right so a prime example if if my concept is love right in a relationship right if I'm conceptually about love I'm gonna make sure I give love and everything that I do Mm -hmm. has love at the foundation of it Mm -hmm. right if I'm in my workplace and my concept is love, right? Mm-hmm. Everything I do when I go into my workplace is gonna build off of that foundation of what I believe who I am, which is love, right? Mm-hmm. So on and so on with friendships and entrepreneurship. So the so the point of it is, right, like my my latest venture that I put out was just a reflection of who I always was, and I do my goals every three to six months, mm-hmm. right? And I've been doing that since college um, because I was lost, though, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I was lost in the concept of I was a young man who um, was gifted in a lot of areas, right? Mm-hmm. But didn't know which way to really go, mm-hmm. right? So. People see me doing all of these things now and think that that's always what I wanted to do. No, I really wanted to focus on one one thing, mm-hmm. right? And then all of a sudden, all these other things would just kind of like pop up. I felt like that kid who is in church or that person who like who's in church, like once the church members know they, they can do a lot of stuff, they pull mm-hmm. you in every corner <laughs> that they can, right? right. They could they could use you up. So uh, um, I felt like that in high school with 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 my mom and my church because I played the piano for my church growing up. And um, so when I went to college, I was like, "Look, I am going 
to do nothing but focus on football and what I want to do, mm. right, when I, like when I went to college. Well, by the time I graduated from college and I reflected on it, I ended up playing football. I ended up, you know, doing well in school, ended up running for SGA president, ended up becoming Greek and having leadership uh, positions like, like within all of those spaces, right? And I ended up doing exactly what I said I wasn't going to do <laughs> when my mom was forcing me, quote and unquote, right? right. So um, moral of the story is with me writing these goals, I will always pick a phrase or a concept or a word to uh, define where I felt like I was in life and what space I, I was really feeling. Right. So I started to notice that there were common words that I used. This is years later that I kept using over and over again. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, one of them was inspire and empower. I always had the intrinsic want to uh, empower and inspire the masses, Mm -hmm. right? So my latest venture, the uh, website is become, inspire, empower, right? And that's a process, Mm -hmm. right? It's the process because... First, you have to become who you need to be, right? right? And along the way, while you're becoming who you need to be, you got your head down, you'll be surprised how many people you're inspiring. And then even after you make it, right, or start to see the fruits of your labor, you know, kind of show you're going to inspire others. And then at some point, you have to make that conscious decision that you're going to give back, pay it forward, and that's empowerment, Mm -hmm. right? So. Moral of the story is, if you look at all the businesses that I'm with and the things that I've done between festivals, social events, um, uh, uh, sports, and all of this kind of stuff, all of that has a process of engaging masses of people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that is really the common denominator in which has been able to leverage all the things that I do, right? So... um, for instance, my social events in Charlotte keeps keeps me relevant, right, mm-hmm. with the people who come in and out. Because Charlotte is a type of city where people don't really stay longer than three to four years. So you always got to be able to reinvent your crowd in Charlotte. Mm. So socially, that kind of allows me to stay connected, know who the, who the who's who's are, move around, right? And then when I have my nonprofit stuff, right, it's easy to just target whoever I need to target and then it just makes and then it just Mm -hmm. makes sense Mm -hmm. so it all came from just a sincere place and the reason why it makes sense to everybody is because of that conceptual theory that created all of the stuff Mm -hmm. that's actually doing it okay you know so what are some tips that you can share for individuals wanting to expand their nonprofit all right so uh, one, there was a point in my life where I was uh, very, very homeless, right? <laughs> very, very homeless. <laughs> and uh, I got to the point where I finally like broke down and I said, hey, I called one of my fraternity brothers and I said, hey, man, can I sleep on your couch? Slept on his couch. I would wake up on his couch every day and I would watch um, the Facebook movie, right? Oh, yeah. Hmm. And I watch it every day and I either watch it or I just keep it on the home screen. Something about the home screen music that is like empowering, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and it just be on repeat from the moment I woke up. Now, the crazy thing is at this time, I still had my nonprofit. I still had all the businesses that I'm doing t- uh, today. Mm-hmm. They were successful 
right? But they were successful to what success was to a 22, 21-year-old coming out of college. Right. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a successful to sustain a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a successful to run a business, mm-hmm. right? So um, one of the biggest quotes that I got from that Facebook movie that all my friends and people within my network know that I always say is there was a point where Facebook was deciding how it was going to scale itself from a marketing perspective. Right. And what did he say to his friend? He said, let's just see what it becomes. Yeah. Instead of taking the money that 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 was offered and, you know, the advertising that he could have got just right off, mm-hmm. he said, no, let's just see what it becomes. Mm. The best thing that you can do in a nonprofit is just see what it can become. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay. do not get so stuck. And I don't think you should get so stuck in scaling it. First, you got to see if the product works. Yeah. It's just it's just like a for a for profit. You yeah. know what I mean. First, you got to do something that gets the buy in right. from somebody, mm-hmm. either the people you're serving, the potential donors, people who would need to volunteer or invest their time, energy, and resources. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I think I think the only people that I think can really get really caught up into scaling it. This is just my opinion of what I've observed is um, people who are already, who already have a platform mm. and resources to back it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Okay. So I believe that um, for, for instance, the concept of time also was the other part to it is I play, po- I play football post-college. Mm-hmm. So I always thought that I was going to end up becoming a star in NFL basically. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, nothing told me that I wasn't going to be, mm-hmm. right? So I figured I don't need to make money from time. You know what I mean? I just need to make sure that I'm sustaining it so that when I reach a certain pinnacle in my career, which is going to automatically give me that uh, notoriety and that respect from people uh, for just being an athlete who gives who gives back, Mm-hmm. I was like, yo, I'm a, like, it's 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 gonna just fall into place. Right. You know what I mean? Mm. Again, that was that was that was that was that was that young thought, you know. And now I know, even with scaling it at that size, I've also realized, and this is in for profit too, and I'm sure that Shannon has seen this. Like, you know, the other part with not just seeing what like what it becomes and really understanding the product that you have is you then miss out on a lot of processes that are necessary mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to being truly a functional and sustainable organization outside of that name that backs it mm-hmm. or those resources that fund it. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that I've noticed since being, being on boards with uh, very wealthy individuals um, over the past few years uh, to compare to my nonprofit is, is they are dysfunctional. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it really, you know, they have, you know, they have been able to sustain because of the names and the resources, Mm -hmm. which is a whole nother conversation. Yeah. Right. (laughs) We'll have to have you back on that one. Yeah. (laughs) That'll be a round table. So. Well, that's amazing. Well, first of all, thank you for sharing. We really, really appreciate all that. And before we let you go, um, what we want to do is hear from you, one of your NP. OMG moments. You've been doing this for um, 10 years, so you might have one somewhere tucked away. But what is one of your nonprofit, oh my gosh, moments? Hmm. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> you know, I think I have to just go to the board. Okay. You know, how, uh, 
how amazingly tough it is <laughs> to 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 manage a board yes. and uh, for the for the long haul. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I th- I think it's very easy to find people who are happy and excited and uh, in the moment, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But the reality of it is they aren't getting paid. The reality mm-hmm. of it is they. Uh, they have real life situations that happen outside that at the end of the day, if it comes down to it, you can only hope that mm-hmm. they'll still make what you have invested in a priority. Mm-hmm. You know right. what I mean? And then even the lo- the logistical piece and process piece mm-hmm. of making sure that the processes and and the way it works is is functional. That has yeah. been oh my goodness. Do I have to really have a board to go right. to the next level? You right. know, no right. pun intended. Uh-uh. <laughs> no pun intended. That was good. That was good. Um, yeah. Lastly, uh, well, that was supposed to be last. What, what <laughs> lastly, tell people how they can connect with you and your organization as well. Awesome. Um, Curtis Walls. So Curtis Walsh is across all of the platforms, IG, Twitter, Facebook, uh, even CurtisWalsh.com. That's where you can kind of get connected and see all the things that I have going on. Uh, outside of that, specifically with Time Foundation, at Time to Empower, T-I-M-E-T-O, Empower. Uh, you can get that on Instagram, Facebook fan page, as well as Twitter. And then the website is Time to Empower as well. So timetoempower.com. So try to make it as sim- simple as possible across mm-hmm. the board. Awesome. And yeah. those uh, yeah. those uh, profiles and websites, they'll be in our show notes as well as a little bio mm-hmm. about Mr. Walls. Awesome. Mr. Awesome. Walls, thank you so much yes, for joining us today. Thank you for having me. This is yeah, very this was really great. Absolutely. Right? We'll definitely have you back once okay. you figure out your board situation. But for further conversation. Can I can I put in a shameless plug? Absolutely. Okay. We'll be having our next annual summit in 2019. That's coming up in the spring. So you can go to our website to learn more about that it's free for boys in grades 7 through 12 we're always looking for volunteers and uh always looking for sponsors and uh right thank you again thank you and thank you for listening to the npomg podcast until next time see you later